morning and happy Sunday to you at the Bridge Church. We are going to worship our King of Kings this morning. So whether you're watching us online right now or you're in the building with us, there's one thing that we're going to do as a family, and that's worship together. So let's sing it out. Come on. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch.
you, Jesus. We lay everything down at our protector's feet. Lift up your praise. You go.
and of our lives, you take all the broken pieces and put them back together, God. For your glory, we sing for your glory this morning, God. Thank you for your amazing grace in all of our lives, God. May we show our love through our worship this morning, Jesus.
Church, as we were singing, I was just reminded of the beauty of the cross. I don't know if you've ever looked into somebody's eyes before, but you've seen genuine love in their eyes. You see their eyes are full of, of grace, of mercy, of there's no judgment. It's just love. And when I think of Christ, when I think of Christ being on that cross, I think what the people around that day must have seen when they saw the love in his eyes, even as they were crucifying him on the cross, he loved them so much, he was so concerned for their well-being that he cries out to Father in heaven and he says, please forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. That's how much he loves us. Maybe you're feeling right now a little broken. You feel like some things in your life aren't going the right way or there's pressures and there's obstacles, there's challenges that you're facing and you just feel broken. Maybe you feel shattered. But we serve a God who can turn something that is broken into beautiful. We serve a God who takes those shattered things, who takes those pieces of our lives and he turns them into something purposeful because that's who we serve. That's how much he loves us. So I want to ask you right where you're at, if you just take a moment and tell God how grateful you are. God, our words are not adequate enough to describe what you did for us. But God, we say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for taking us even in our broken selves and extending your love, your grace, your mercy to us. Thank you for showing us what true love looks like. And God, I pray that we as your people, that we live a life that shows that love to everyone else, that they see that love in our eyes. And God, for any of those who are going through something right now, God, as they release that to you, God, may they find peace. May they find purpose. May they find beauty. And all of God's children said, amen, 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 amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today in person or online. We just want to let you know that we love you so much. Hey, if you're in the building with us, if you would turn around and smile so big at somebody that they just know that you're giving them a hug, all right?
morning again, Bridge family. We are so happy to be in church with you today. We want you to know about everything up and coming at the Bridge. So let's check out church news. Community Care is looking to expand our drivers and pickup team. This team picks up donated food from local grocery stores and sorts it for weekend distribution. Pickups take place Monday to Thursday mornings as well as Saturday mornings. If you are interested in joining this incredible team and have the availability during the mentioned times, please email nsmith at thebridgechurch.tv. Ladies, I am so excited about launching a new season of Bridge Women. This season, we're going to have so many more opportunities for you to connect with other women. And it all starts with a very special night out just for you. It's a night to get out of the house and gather with the girls. A night to worship together and to find strength in God's Word. And you'll hear about all the ways that you can stay connected. There'll be plenty of time to meet friends, to laugh, and even to indulge in some delicious desserts. And it's all happening under the stars out on our front plaza on Friday night, October 9th. So come comfy, bring your lawn chairs or your blankets, and get ready to have your soul refreshed. This is a free event, so make plans now for your own child care for your little ones. Bring your junior high and high school daughters with you and save the date, Friday, October 9th at 6.30 p.m. I can't wait to see you there. Tonight will be our final outdoor service of this season. We have enjoyed these wonderful summer evenings and look forward to seeing you and your family for our last one tonight at 6 p.m. And as a reminder, next Sunday morning, we will be going back to two indoor, in-person services at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Both services will be available online through our streaming platforms and on demand throughout the week. We are excited to gather with you live, indoors, and online in the weeks ahead. Make your plans to join us. What's up, Bridge Youth? Hey, this Wednesday, we have got another outdoor service. We're going to have hangs at 5 o'clock and service at 6 o'clock. The last couple outdoor services have been absolutely awesome. We got some beverages, some snacks. We got worship, game, and of course, a message. We will be concluding our series, Some Assembly Required. So don't miss it. This Wednesday, bring a friend, hangs at 5 and service at 6. We'll see you there. We are very excited to announce that after a long delay, Connecting Point is happening again here at The Bridge. If you are new to the church or new in your faith and you want to find out more about putting down roots, making The Bridge your home church, and getting involved, Connecting Point is your next step. This is where you go to learn more about the heart, mission, and vision of The Bridge, and most importantly, where you fit in. If you'd like to come, you can join us in person or online Sunday, October 11th during the 11.30 a.m. service. Just sign up on our website or the Bridge app if you'd like to join us. We want to help you get plugged in and make the Bridge your home church. If you are new to the church, we want to help you find your place in this family. We invite you to go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There, you'll be able to find a Connect card with details to help you get connected. If you don't have the Bridge Church app, 
Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. This is the best way to keep up to date with everything happening in church life. Thanks again for spending your Sunday with us. It's time to get into God's word. How's everybody doing? You know, there's so many restrictions in society today. Some of you are afraid to say good morning. <laughs> hey, I'm glad to see you today. So glad you're here. <clears throat> Those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us today, being involved in worship service. Uh, you might think I'm going to do an illustrated sermon today and talk about I remember when, <laughs> but that's not what we're doing. This is really about school of ministry. This week, we're launching our very first year of the Bridge Church School of Ministry, designed especially for young people basically just getting out of high school or who've recently graduated high school, who who know that God has something specific for their lives, and they want to pursue it, they want to learn, they want to grow. And let me just take one moment. Uh, I'm going to ask the pastors to come up and join me this morning. We're going to pray over these young people. This is our very first class in the Bridge School of Ministry. Give them a big hand. Would you do that? These are special, special young people, every one of them. And I'm so excited about this year. And let me just say quickly, there's an educational piece to this that we're doing through Global University. There's also hands-on involvement with the pastors and different teams We're going to be doing teaching, the different pastors involved in this, daily Bible reading devotions, showing them how to grow, giving them opportunities to get more involved in ministry here at the Bridge Church. But the ultimate goal of this is to help them find God's calling on their lives and then give them a platform to launch into that and to pursue it. And I'm so excited about this first year. This morning, we wanted to take this Sunday morning to have you pray with us over these students That God will do in their lives what he wants to do and he will lead them into the pathway he has for them. I I told these students yesterday at, at the first meeting we had, when I got out of high school, God had a call on my life, but I didn't have any idea how to pursue it. And when I talked to my pastors, they didn't really know what to tell me except, well, you just keep praying, seeking God, and you'll figure it out. Uh, Didn't offer a whole lot of help, a little bit. But we know today there are a lot of things we can do to give people hands-on experience and help point them in the direction to find God's purpose for their lives. And do you know what the most important calling in life is? It's the one God has for you. That's the most important one. So if you would, I want you to do something with me. Just as a sign of respect, would you stand to your feet? And, And I want us to make this an important moment. The pastors are standing behind these young people. These are young adults. These aren't kids. They're young adults. If you would, extend your hands towards them and let's stand in agreement this morning for this next year. Father, we thank you for these young adults, these people who have chosen not just to follow you, not just to know you at a distance, but to follow you closely, to know that you have a purpose for their lives and there are things that you want to accomplish through them over not just this next year, but the rest of their lives. 
And Father, they've chosen this pathway to grow closer to you, to get knowledge and understanding, and then lay their lives down for the purpose of the ministry. And Father, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would rest upon every one of them for the general purposes of this school, but also for the specific purposes that you have for their lives. Open up their hearts. God, the things that need to be corrected, correct them. The need, things that need to be fixed, fix those things. But most of all, lead them in the direction you want them to go, that they can give their lives to you. And these young people will impact our world for Jesus. We thank you for this. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Now I want to say to... All of you who are students in the School of Ministry, we as pastors, we as a church are committing our lives to you this next year to help you grow and find God's purpose for your life. God bless you. We love you. Give them one more hand today. Would you do that? And while they are finding their seats, uh, if you're here with children, you're welcome to stay in the building. If you feel more comfortable with little kids, we do have a family room out the lobby and then to the left out in our youth center. Go where you're most comfortable today. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the working of your spirit. I thank you for the things that you put in my heart, the things that you want to do in our lives. God, we surrender to it today. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, we open our hearts. We ask you to speak to us today. Father, I ask you, speak to me. That's our prayer today. Speak to me and show me my next steps forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday, I shared a message entitled 10 Days. And I talked about the three days that Jesus was in the tomb, the effect it had on the disciples. And then I talked about the seven days from the ascension of Jesus to the day of Pentecost. We focused on Acts chapter 1 and we talked about a season of preparation, a time to set everything else in life aside to open up our hearts for what God wants to do in our lives. And today I want to go back to where we ended last week for just a moment. In this season of preparation, there were a number of things that happened. I'm not going to go back and reteach it. You can go online and watch it if you want to get the information. There were a number of things that happened in Acts chapter 1 that set the stage for what happened in Acts chapter 2. God gave these disciples with different backgrounds, different ideas, different personalities, several days to lay everything down and says the only thing that matters is what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. With that in mind, I, I asked you to join me last week, beginning this past Wednesday, as a church, as we set aside 10 days to pray, to seek God, to fast, those of you who will fast with us, to pray, to fast, to seek God, to let these 10 days, beginning last Wednesday through next Friday, let these 10 days be a time when we prepare our hearts for God to do more in our lives and more through our lives i'm going to talk about that today how many of you those of you watching online i can't see your hands those of you in the building if i asked you to raise your hands i would but i'm not asking for a show of hands i'm asking for a show of hearts how many people today honestly would say i want to see god work through my life 
I want to see that. That's what this season is all about. It's a time of preparation. Now, let, let me set this up. We finished Acts 1 last week, and I, I don't want to go back to it, but I want to set up what happens in Acts chapter 2. I said this last week. You know, oftentimes we read Scripture, and we, we see it all historically through the rearview mirror. We look back and said, oh, yeah, that happened, that happened, that happened. It's all, it's all history. It's all dead and, dead and gone. It's all what happened back then. It doesn't matter today. And when we do that, we miss the principles and the, the, the very things that God was trying to establish in people's hearts that set the stage for the moment. You need to understand the details. And what I want to do is in this message after 10 days, after those 10 days of preparation, what happened next? I want to look at this today, but I want to set it up. I'm going to ask you today to just imagine how many of you have a big imagination. It's okay to raise a hand. It's okay. You know, like I said, some of you are afraid to raise your hands even nowadays. Uh, some of you have huge imaginations because I've heard, I've heard you tell stories before. I know you have huge imaginations. How many of you have a big memory? You can remember things bigger than they were. See, we, that's imagination. Some people call it lying. Some people call it imagination, okay? However you want to say it. <clears throat> but I want you to imagine today that you're one of the followers of Jesus. You're one of the 120 people who are still there in place for seven days in an upper room praying. Now, we don't know all the details. We know the general picture. But put yourself in the crowd. You're one of them. All you know is Jesus said, go to the city of Jerusalem and stay there until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you'll become my witnesses. Jesus taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist talked about the Holy Spirit. He said Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Spirit. They don't know all that's going to happen, but they are there waiting for the promise to come, the Holy Spirit to come and work in their lives. So here they are. They're waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. They've been praying for seven days. They know what's coming. It's this baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they don't know exactly when this baptism's coming. They don't know exactly where it's coming. And they certainly don't know how it's about to happen. Okay? So they know a little bit. They know the big picture, but they don't know the details of this. And they certainly didn't know how much this was about to change their lives and change history. But they prepared themselves and they surrendered themselves to receive the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that. Can I tell you something? That's where I want to live. That's how I want to live. God, pour your spirit on me for your purposes. You know, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives with purpose. A few years ago, I spent... 10 or 12 weeks, Sunday mornings, talking about the Holy Spirit. And in all those weeks, you, you break it down into three basic pictures. I'm going to simplify it this morning. First, the Holy Spirit comes to work for us. Then he comes to work in us. And he also comes to work through us. But it's true. In a lot of our church world, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit working through us. You know, Paul said... If you go back and, and run some scriptures, Paul made it very, very clear, very clear that the Holy Spirit is something to be desired. 
He said we need to desire spiritual gifts to work in our lives. We need to desire God's Holy Spirit to work through us. He also made it very, very clear that we are to desire the Spirit because God has different gifts that he puts in different people's lives to minister to people. And we need to have a concern and a desire to be used by God. But I know what's happened. A lot of you think, oh, man, oh, we're going to get into that stuff today. Stay with me. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some of these things today. But as we begin, I, I want you to look, first of all, Acts chapter 2. We're going to dive into this. We're going to read several verses in this chapter. I'm going to talk about four specific things, and then I'll move into my close. Number one, let's look at the miraculous entrance of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, in other words, it was God's timing, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. I talked about that last week, place of unity and agreement. Number two, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. Now, if we suddenly heard a rushing mighty wind in this place, how many of you would sit up and say, whoa? doesn't say they felt wind. It says they heard wind. Maybe they felt it, but it only says they heard it. And then the next thing, they begin to see these little balls of fire that look like tongues begin to sit on people's heads. Evidently, all 120 of them. How many of you know if you've been in that room, it might have been, well, this is a little bit unusual. Yeah, they got three people agree with me. The rest of you are already Pentecostals and you're all in this bag, okay? So we're good. But let's read on a little bit further. There had appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, one set upon each of them. Verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, literally other languages that they didn't already know. Other existing languages they didn't know. They began to speak in these languages as the Spirit gave them utterance or the ability. So when the Holy Spirit that lived in them came upon them and baptized them and washed over them, when that happened, unique things began to happen. Now, I'm going to walk through this real quickly. The entrance of the Holy Spirit was unusual. What happened in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we've never seen, as far as I know, those exact things happen just that way. I've never seen it just that way. The entrance of the Holy Spirit was unusual. And it says, suddenly it happened. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It may have happened suddenly, but these guys have been waiting seven days for this to happen. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't know how it was coming. Then it was baptism of the Spirit. What's that? I don't know. I don't know, but we receive power to be the witnesses of Jesus. We'll be equipped to do ministry as Jesus did ministry. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came, and it came in an unusual way. The next thing you see is that not only was it unusual the way it came, but the demonstration of the Holy Spirit was miraculous. The demonstration of the Spirit was miraculous. Let me, let me, let me just make this clear for those of you who haven't put two and two together yet. I know a little bit of Spanish. If you start talking to me in Spanish, I won't be able to follow you for long, but I can tell you two or three sentences. Okay, I know a little bit of Spanish. I know... 10 or 15 words in French. French fries, for example, stuff like that. I, I do know a few words in French. 
I know a handful of words in, in Italian because we've been to Italy and I learned how to say chow. I thought chow was dinner. It's not. Okay, it's, it's a greeting. But I know a handful of, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I've been to India and I don't know their languages. I've been to Nepal. I don't know their languages. India has hundreds of languages. Here's the point. If I suddenly started talking to you in a language I didn't know and you knew I didn't know it, how many of you think that'd be pretty miraculous? That's what happened. And we say, well, that's weird. No, stay with me a minute, okay, because I'm, I'm going to show this to you. The entrance of the Holy Spirit was unusual. The demonstration of the Spirit was miraculous as these people began to speak in languages they didn't actually know. And then the next thing is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Say with me. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit came through people. Now, I'll get to it more in a minute, but these, these people who were there, the people in the streets who later on get involved in this, they're Jewish believers. They know the power of God. They know God can do anything. They're not surprised at what God can do, but they're shocked that God's doing it through people, especially these people, especially this 120 people. Now, what happened in these verses was not weird. It was supernatural. It was the power of God working through natural people. It was unusual. It was miraculous, not because it came from God, but because it came through people. And a lot of us look at this historically and we think, well, it was amazing what God did back then. God's still doing this today. And he's looking for people who have open hearts. Well, I, I don't know if I want to speak in other languages. Stay with me, okay? Stay with me. Just stay with me. I don't want to overstate this, but I think it needs to be said. There's a lot of things that happen in churches like ours that people say, well, that's kind of weird. Have you ever heard people say, oh, that's weird? I know people who don't even want to talk about, I know believers who don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit because they think he's weird. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He does God things through people. He's not weird. He's God. Now, stay with me. Remember the story where, where Jesus, you know, they, they had this guy they brought to Jesus. He was deaf. He couldn't hear. He was dumb. Not only could he not speak. I mean, if he can't hear, it's hard to speak. But worse than that, his tongue was tied up. It was locked up. He, he couldn't even get it to move. Couldn't speak at all. Couldn't make legible sounds. They brought him to Jesus, and Jesus took him aside. You know what Jesus did? Stuck his fingers in his ears. Have you ever had somebody stick their finger in your ear? Turn to somebody right now. Stick your finger in the ear. No, I'm, I don't. <laughs> some, I saw some guy just do it to his wife, and he'll get it when he gets home. But, but it's, it's not real comfortable. Jesus puts his fingers in his ears. And all of a sudden, boom, his ears pop open. And then Jesus evidently spit on his finger, stuck it in the guy's mouth, and rubbed it on his tongue. Ooh, somebody said, ooh, I wouldn't let him do that to me. That's weird. Especially in this season. Some of you some of you be sucking antiseptic for a week, you know. <laughs> Pass me the Listerine. People saying, ooh, it's Jesus. He's weird. Everybody thought Jesus was weird except for the guy whose ears were open and his tongue was loosed. He thought, this is pretty cool what God's just done in my life. 
Now, I'm not telling you go out and start sticking your fingers in people's ears and start spitting on your fingers, okay? If you're going to do that, you better know it's God. You better know, okay? Because you will get punched if it's not God. But there's another story where, you know, they bring this blind man to Jesus. Can't see. Jesus spits in the ground and makes mud out of his spit in the dust and sticks it on the guy's eyes. And when they get his eyes all cleaned up again, he can see. Nobody's going to make mud out of spit and put it in my eyes. And you just continue to live blind. Everybody thought it was, was weird except the blind man who received his sight. He thought it was pretty cool. You say, what are you saying? God doesn't always work the way we think God ought to work. We started this year talking about let God out of the box. Break down your box and let God be bigger than you've known him to be in the, in the past. So the Holy Spirit makes an entrance. How many of you know that when he wants to, God can really make an interesting entrance? When God shows up, everything changes. Now, look at verse 5. Because I want you to look at this puzzled audience, what happens here. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They were godly people, people who were following God. Now, let me give you the, the setup real quick because I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to have to really go fast here, so please stay with me. It wasn't uncommon for the Jews all over the world to come to Jerusalem at time of Passover and then stay 50 days until the day of Pentecost, which was time of harvest, a celebration, and then after Pentecost, then they would leave and go home. It says that there were people there from every nation under earth. Every language group was represented there that day. Okay? Now, when this sound occurred, verse 6, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. Evidently, they heard it. They heard noise in the upper room. They, some of them started moving that way. What's going on? They heard these people talking. They said, what in the world is going on? 120 people speaking in different languages at one time. Stay with me. When the sound occurred, verse 6, the multitude came together and they were confused. People always get confused when the Holy Spirit begins to move. If you don't understand it, you've never been introduced to something unusual. It's always confusing. Because, now here's what's interesting. They were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. See, as these people gathered around, this one was speaking this language, and this one was speaking that language, and this one was 120 people speaking different languages, and everybody in the streets is coming, and wherever they came from in the world, they're hearing people speak in their language. And it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Now, let's move on, because there's more to this. Verse 7, then they were all amazed, and they marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? What they said was, wait a minute, the way these people dress, their accents, the way they look, these are not trained, educated people. They come from Galilee. They're, they're rednecks. That's what they said. I mean, Peter, I mean, he was a part of the Bass Pro Fishing line, you know? That's what he did for a living. A bunch of rednecks. These guys can't do this. They're not educated. They don't know these languages. And they're confused by all of this. And in verse 8, they say, how is it we hear each in our own language in which we were born? How are they speaking our languages? We know they don't know how to do this. And skip down to verse 11, because it begins to list a lot of the different people groups who were there. And it finishes in verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, the last two mentioned. And what it mentions there is at least 16 different people groups. So probably at least 16 different languages. 
Here's what he says. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. What are these people doing? They're praising God in languages they didn't naturally know, but the audience is hearing them praise God in their own language. It's pretty miraculous. It's not weird, it's miraculous. If you're there in the crowd, it's not like a bunch of gibberish. It's like, oh my goodness, how does he know my language? Sharing the wonderful works of God. Verse 12, so they're all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And then, of course, others said, well, they just mocked and said, they're, they're drunk, they've been drinking wine, that's all there is to it. God's timing is impeccable. It's Jerusalem, it's Pentecost. The city is jammed with people from all over the world, godly people who are there for godly purposes. It's harvest time. It's a very diverse crowd, all these different languages. But the Holy Spirit began his work in an upper room, but soon it spilled out into the streets and touched the hearts of every person who could hear these people speaking. Amazing what God did through the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you a question today. When, whenever you hear a teaching on this, it always comes down to one thing, tongues. People always get there, Pentecostals stay there, charismatics dance around, say, isn't this wonderful? And then everybody else is like, ah, I don't understand this. Stay with me, okay? This is God, the Holy Spirit, coming among people's lives to use them for his kingdom. That's what this picture is. That's what this is. What if, let's do this question, what if right now, this season, what if this is God's timing for us? What if this is a time of preparation? This fasting and praying he's called us to, what if this is a time of preparation for us? If it is, God's timing is impeccable. Just as it was on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. If this is what God is doing in us, if he's preparing us for more, this is a time for us to pay attention to what God is saying and what God wants to do. There's no telling what God might do through our lives. There's no telling what God might do through your life. It's bigger. It's bigger than what we see in this picture. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. A few days ago, I was sitting with a, a businessman, a Christian businessman, and I asked him, I said, how's your business going in this season? And he said, well, you know, there's a lot of questions out there, but this is what he told me. He said, I spend most of my time counseling my clients because they're so upset about what's going on in the world. You know what? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. A Christian businessman counseling clients who don't know God, settling them down, speaking peace and wisdom and direction into their lives, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He told me, I thought, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Didn't make a big, didn't sound trumpets, didn't say, make a big deal out of it, it's just God's given it to me, so I'm giving it to people. Now, let's go a little further. Let's look at the reaction of the people in the streets. Some say, how can this be? These are Galileans, they're uneducated. People were amazed. How can this happen? How can this happen? People were perplexed. They had questions. And the question they asked was, what does this mean? What does this mean? We, we hear it. We see it. We know it. 
It's impossible. But what does it mean? And of course, some mocked and said, ah, they're just a bunch of drunks. Jesus cautioned us. He cautioned us about what we say about the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to be very, very careful what we say about the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. Now, I want to look at the next part of this message. We have the entrance of the Holy Spirit. We have this crowd that's perplexed and they don't know what's going on. They're asking all these questions. Go down to verse 14. God had a message for the moment. It's so important you understand this. If you don't understand this, you don't understand anything else that happened in the first part of this chapter. Verse 14. But Peter, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. It's too early for that. Verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter's going to explain to them. They're saying, what happened? How can this be? What does it mean? Peter's going to explain to them what this is. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18, on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. They shall speak my word. They shall speak my message for people in their lives and for their generation in which they're living. The Holy Spirit comes to give us the message of God to share with people. That's what happened that day. Peter said, don't be confused by this. You know the Old Testament prophets. This is what God said was going to, be, was going to happen. In verse 21, skip down there. He concludes a message saying, it'll come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, I'm doing some teaching through this chapter because I want you to have a bigger picture than what most of us have had in days gone by. Peter gets up and shares this message, and we're only reading part of it. It's an amazing message. Here's the interesting part. Peter didn't know he had the message of the day. When you come to church here on Sunday mornings, whoever's preaching, we've spent hours and hours working on a message. I've been working on this message for two or three weeks. God's been boiling it over in my heart. I've been putting it together. Peter didn't have two or three weeks to prepare. Suddenly, he had to get up and talk. Well, why did Peter get chosen? Because the Holy Spirit came upon him. That's why. And suddenly Peter stands to his feet and he shares this message. And what he did was he spoke under the anointing and the direction of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus had said when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things he'll do is he'll bring things to your remembrance when you need to know it. Scriptures, events, things that you need to know. When it's time to speak, he'll bring those things to your remembrance. The second thing he said was, Jesus said, if you get hauled in before people, before kings, and they're going to persecute you, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll put the words in your mouth. Peter stood up. The Holy Spirit put the message in his heart, and he began to share the message of the moment. And here's the interesting thing. Peter used Old Testament prophecies to explain what had happened. And he declared that this Holy Spirit baptism was for everybody. Some of you wonder, well, why are we doing the school of ministry with young people? Because the Holy Spirit's for our sons and daughters too. 
Some of you need to have a heart for that. Some of you need to have a heart for what's going to happen to your kids in the future. If they don't have God's word in their hearts and if they don't have the Holy Spirit working in their lives, things could get really difficult in the days to come. We're here to equip these young people. He said, on your men servants, your maid servants. Not just the men, but the women as well. God's going to pour his spirit out and we're all going to speak the message of God, the word of God, and we're going to share what God has given us to share that will lead people to Jesus. Then Peter used Old Testament prophecies to tell him who Jesus was. You killed him, God raised him from the dead. We've all seen him. We know he ascended back to the Father. And now that he's back to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit, just like he said he would do. And the message that Peter spoke that day was used by the Holy Spirit to touch hundreds, thousands of people's hearts. One day. Ultimately, ultimately, please hear this today. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit works through us to meet the needs of people so that we can point them to Jesus. It's not about Peter. It's not about the 120. It's about what God is doing through Jesus Christ and through his spirit in, for, and through people's lives. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Now, go on down to verse 37, because Peter shares this message, and there's a lot to it. You might go home and read it. But then verse 37, the fourth thing, I want you to see what happens here. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart because they knew we put Jesus on the cross. At least those in Jerusalem knew it. We put him on the cross. We asked for Barabbas. We put him on the cross. And now we realize, boy, did, did we mess up. We should never have put God's son on the cross. That's what they're realizing. We're guilty. Our sin, our unbelief, put him there now. What are we going to do? What shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Look at the end of verse 37. What shall we do? What do we do now? Verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them I'm getting close to the end of my message so I want you to listen real closely what happened with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon people God began to work supernaturally through their lives and people knew this is bigger than man this is God at work and then when Peter shared his message here's the fourth part It brought people face to face with God. Three thousand people in one day came face to face with God, turned from their sins and their old life, turned from their rejection of Jesus, and they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in one day, three thousand people in one place. See, we I know some people are going to struggle with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We've made a mistake in the church world. 
Because we've taken the work of the Holy Spirit and we've tried to put him in our little box, in our little church, on our little platform. It all happens right here. Then we all go home, come back next week, and we'll show it to you again. That wasn't God's intention. His intention is for us to take our lives to the world and the Holy Spirit upon us, using us in many different ways to meet people right where they are, meet their needs, and then point them to Jesus. You know why God, you know why God poured out the Spirit on the day of Pentecost? So that 3,000 people could come to Jesus. To prepare them for the future, for this ministry to continue. These people said, what do we do? What do we do with this? We've got to do something. On the day of Pentecost, I want, I want you to hear this before I move to the last part of my message. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people allowed the Holy Spirit to work through them. To plant the seed of the gospel into at least 16 different nations, languages, people groups in a miraculous way and boom. Start in Jerusalem. They took it home to Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And in one day, the church of Jesus Christ was planted. At least 16 nations in one day because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that day. Because 120 people surrendered to God and obeyed God. It's interesting. I want to stop right here. These people said, what, what do we do? I'm, I'm going to finish my message, but I want to take a pause. How, can you say pastoral pause? I'm going to take a pastoral pause for just a moment here. When the Holy Spirit begins to work, what he does is, his fir first work, the very first thing the Holy Spirit does in people's lives is it shows us our need for a Savior. You can study it. I've taught it for years. I know it. I've looked it. I've read it. The first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to show us we need a Savior. He convinces us. He convicts us of our sin and our need for Jesus. It's the first thing he does. You may have been sitting here today or watching online and you're listening to this and you're realizing, you know what, that, that, that's an amazing story. But I know one thing. Something's tugging on the inside of me. This is true. Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me. He was raised from the dead because God accepted his sacrifice. And now his spirit is knocking on the door of my heart. I want us to pray right here, right now. Because whether you're watching online, whether you're hearing this later on, or whether you're here live in this service, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've never put your faith in him, something's tugging on the inside of you. That's the Spirit of God beginning his first work in you. Leading you to a saving knowledge of Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer. There's nothing magic about my words, but if you want to receive Jesus and begin your relationship with God, if you want to know God, this is where it starts right here. So I'm going to ask everybody here to pray with me. Repeat my prayer, if you would, please, right out loud. Don't be bashful. It'll help those around you. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I want to know you. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I accept him as my Savior. And I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. So I give my life to you. 
from this moment forward, I ask you to teach me your ways. I want to know you. I want to follow you. From this moment forward, you are my father, and I am your child because of Jesus. Thank you for receiving me. Finish my message. Why, why does any of this matter today? Why, why is this season of preparation important? Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I've spent time diving into some things today because I know that we're a big tent. we got people from all kinds of church backgrounds here. I spent time because I know there's some correction that needed to take place. I know there's a bigger understanding that needed to happen. But I'll come back to this. Why does any of this matter for us today? Some of us are still going to walk out of here seeing this in the rearview mirror. Eh, 2,000 years ago, upper room, day of Pentecost, means nothing to me. This should mean everything to you. Why does this matter? Why does this matter today? Because God wants to use us to touch a hurting, confused world. Do you not see the confusion in our society today? Do you not see the fear in our society? We got fear in the church. We got people worried about what's going to happen three months from now and six months from now. And oh my God, where are we in Scripture? What about this? We need to be aware of what's going on, but God has not called us to fear. He's called us to be faithful with the ministry that He's given us. We're not going to settle into fear, we're not going to settle into confusion. We're going to surrender our lives and say, God, this is the greatest opportunity of our lifetimes to touch people's lives. Jesus is coming and we need to get people ready to meet him instead of crawling into a hole and dying there in that stinking little hole. This is the call on the church. This is our calling. Please, I'm not trying to offend anybody today. But there was ever a time in my lifetime where we needed to rise up in the power of the Spirit and touch people's lives. This is the time and I don't have an hour to teach on this but let me say it quickly I'll come back to it later the Holy Spirit comes to work for us and in us all of us want him to work for us some of us want him to work in us and change us but even fewer of us really want him to work through us God's opening our hearts today saying I want to work I want to work I want to work through your life not weird it's not crazy i want to pour my spirit on you i want to baptize you in my spirit so i can use you to touch hurting people and lead them to jesus we made a mistake of putting it on the platform and come back next sunday this needs to be something we're living in the streets every day because that's where the hurting people are we think well maybe they'll come to church someday maybe god will send them to you tomorrow and he'll give you an opportunity to just open your mouth and speak the word of god as it happened in acts chapter 2 God will work through our lives in a lot of ways. You look at what Paul wrote about the gifts of the Spirit, and really he broke it down into three groups. They're, they're speaking gifts, vocal gifts. You know, we, we see tongues in this chapter. We know about interpretation of tongues, but you know what? There's going to be times when God gives you a word of prophecy to speak into somebody's life. It's going to help them know a direction for their future. There's, there's going to be times when God will give us something that we didn't know naturally, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge about a person or a situation. And when we share that suddenly with somebody, it's going to open up their heart and they're going to say, how did you know that? You'll be able to lead them to Jesus. 
There's going to be times when faith arises inside of us and we feel the need to pray for someone because there's a healing or a miracle about to happen there. That's the Holy Spirit at work. And you know, we've broken it down into so many pieces and we've made it so difficult for so many people. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit comes to work supernaturally but naturally through our lives if we'll just open our hearts to God and say, God, use me, use me, use me. make it so difficult these people are praying and suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they are empowered as Jesus said in Acts 1-8 to do ministry as Jesus did it at the end of Acts 2 or near the end it says many signs and wonders happened through the hands of the apostles Acts 3, Peter and John walk into the gate and there's, there's a lame man laying there. And they say, silver and gold we don't have, but we got something else we'll give you. And they reached down and grabbed him by the hand and yanked him up and he was healed by the power of God. Do you not think that man's life was turned to Jesus? Absolutely it was. Chapter 4, they arrest the, some of the apostles because they're preaching the gospel. They tell them, don't do this anymore. And they go home and they pray for boldness. And the word of God says that the Holy Spirit came and it literally the, shook the place where they were. And when it shook the place, they went out with boldness and they preached. And more signs and wonders happened. Throughout the book of Acts, you see it over and over and over again. Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon us. What lives inside of us spilling out over us and empowering us to minister as Jesus ministered. That's the calling that God has on his church to continue doing what Jesus did. And you see it person after person. Not just Peter and James and John to begin with. It goes on to there from Stephen to Philip to Paul and all throughout the book of Acts. And the book of Acts ends abruptly with no formal ending. Why? Because God is still writing what the Holy Spirit does through the church. It's still being written today in 2020 and it'll be written until Jesus comes. And you and I have a part in this if we'll open our hearts to God and say, God, let your spirit come upon me. I know I've gone long today. I know that. I'm kind of happy about it, to be honest with you. But I've given you what God's given me, and I want to do one more thing. I want to ask everybody here, stand to your feet just before we go. You know, when I was a young man, I, I was raised in very old-fashioned, legalistic Pentecostal church. I experienced a lot of God as a young man. And my, my prayer was always, God, I want to serve you, but I don't want to be weird. And look how he ended up. <laughs> Here's the point. Get your eyes off of things you can't control. Get your eyes on God and say, God, however you want to use me, just let the Holy Spirit come upon me and baptize me. Let the Holy Spirit baptize me. Come upon me and use me. Some of you think, well, I could never do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because the Holy Spirit will put words in your mouth. He'll show you how to help people. If you want the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, I'm going to ask you, just lift your hands to heaven. Somebody say, well, I've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Great, but I want a fresh anointing of God upon my life every single day that I live. Just lift your hands to heaven. Let this prayer be your prayer. Just join with me and say amen as I go. Father, let your Holy Spirit rest upon us. 
in this time and season of preparation, flush the stuff out of our lives that is in the way, things interfering with the work of your spirit. Flush it out of our lives and let your Holy Spirit come and just bubble up inside of us and then spill out over us until we're baptized with your spirit and we begin to speak the word of God. We begin to work the works of Jesus. We begin to not only share the message, but we do the works of Jesus because your spirit is upon us. God, baptize us in your spirit. Pray that prayer right there where you are with your hand raised. God, baptize me with your spirit. Come on, right out loud, just pray that prayer. God, baptize me with your spirit. Baptize me with your spirit. Baptize me with your spirit. Let your spirit come upon me and use me. Use me to minister to people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just begin to praise the Lord for a moment. Father, we worship you today. I receive your word. I receive your message. And I ask you to work in my life, work for my life, and work through me. Work through me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I receive your spirit today. I receive your spirit today. Last thing I'm going to tell you, you pray that prayer today, you wait and see if your heart's open to God, suddenly God's going to come upon you, God's going to begin to use you as never before. If he can do it in Acts chapter 2 for people who had no idea what was coming and how, he can do it in your life today. Let God be God. And come if you would, close our service. What a great day. God is speaking to all of us today. Why don't you go ahead and find your seats. Just a few things before we conclude today. You know, if you are here today and you prayed that prayer with us a bit ago to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, if you committed your life to him today, that is awesome. And we want to help you get started walking with God. And we just have a simple tool that we'd like to give you. It's just a little book called The Next Seven Days. And if you are watching online, we'd love to give you a digital version of that. And you can get that simply by sending a direct message to us on any of our social media platforms with the words next to seven. And we'll get that to you. But if you are here in the building today, you can receive that booklet by stopping by our next seven days counter, which is straight out in the lobby between the glass doors before you exit the building. Or you can also receive it from one of our prayer teams today. And at the conclusion of service, we'll have prayer teams over on the sides of the lower section of our auditorium. And they're here to pray with anyone who wants prayer for anything today, but also they'd love to give that book to you and pray with you further if you would like that as well. All right. And then we would love to be able to follow up with you. And if you just on that connect card, the digital card or here in the building and on the connect card on the seat backs. If you just indicate that you made that decision today, we'd love to be able to connect with you because we are all in this together. We're all on this journey of following Christ together. All right. 
And then today, you know, we just want to take a moment and thank you so much for your continual faithfulness in giving here at the bridge. You know, we have been able during this time, these this last six months, this very unusual season, we have been able to actually expand are giving to help make a difference in people's lives. We have not shrunk back at all. We have increased in what we're doing to help people here locally through our community care program. We have increased in our missions giving to help people across the globe during this time. And that is exciting. And it's only happened because of your giving, our collective giving. So thank you so much. And if you want to give your tithe or offering today on the screen, you'll see See all the different ways that you can do that. But if you are here in the building, we additionally have another way. We've got giving stations set up at the back of the auditorium on each side of the auditorium exit doors. All right. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving today. Thank you, Ann. Just before we go, uh, we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. This lady in our church, Jan, I've known Jan 20 years, uh, godly woman. There are times when God uses her to speak to the church. Jan believes she has something that God wants us to hear. Jan, if you would come right up here. Go ahead and share what God's put in your heart today. He shut the kamasoshate. My children, you go before me. I have made those crooked ways straight. I have created you for this day. I have created you for this hour. You are not to have fear. It is the evil one that comes that would put fear upon you. But you shall say, oh, no, I recognize who that is. That is not my Lord. That is not my God. That is the evil one who seeks to destroy. So come before me. I created you for this day, this hour, this time. You shall know me in ways you have never dreamed. You are my people. My love is great. It is going before you. You have no reason to fear. I am your father. I am your father. Praise me now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, if you heard what she said, that's from God. That's from God. Now, the first part, you said, well, I've never heard anything like that. That's tongues. And it's interpretation of tongues. She, she, how many of you understood the language she was speaking in? Anybody understand the language she was speaking in, the first language? No. Did you understand the interpretation at the end of what she said? That's God speaking to us today. You say, well, that's unusual. It's unusual, but it's God encouraging us today. Can you say amen for the encouragement? God bless you. Hey, we love you guys. And you have something more you want to say? Hey, I thank you. Jan, thank you for being obedient. God still speaks and works by his spirit. Yes, he does. And hey, if you are here today and you're going to be a Connect Group leader in this new term of Connect Groups, we have a meeting in the chapel at 11 o'clock. Just want to remind you about that. And you can also uh, connect with that online as well. And don't forget, tonight is our last outdoor service. Can't wait to see you there. And next Sunday morning, we're adding 1130. Have a great week.